As I meditate on this <clears throat> parable, uh, sometimes uh, I use this uh, method of Ignatian contemplation, which is putting yourself into the scene and kind of letting it play out like a play or, or a movie if you want or, or whatever. And, and I have to admit, the rich man, every, almost every time I meditate on it, I can't help but uh, cast Dom DeLuise in the position. Uh, if you remember Dom, he's been deceased for a number of years, but Dom was a rather small, pudgy man, uh, pretty soft, had a slight lisp, and I can't help but seeing this rich man uh, much in the same way, this, this soft, squishy kind of character, uh, a man of just kind of ill repute, perhaps, uh, just oblivious to the world. And to say when we have details it's the authors trying to tell us pay attention here and we have a couple details here that help us to further flesh out who this man was not only was he a rich man but he's dressed in purple garments that doesn't mean a whole lot to us because we have lots of lots of colors synthetic dyes and all sorts of things but in the days of Jesus the purple dye uh, was from a mollusk and it was very very expensive to process. It took something like 10,000 uh, to be able to dye like one pound of one pound of cloth. So very, very, very expensive. Only the richest could provide it or, or could, could buy it. And he was dressed in fine linen. Now we might, uh, to put it in modern ages, we might say he wore the various finest designers. I don't even know who they are. I'm so oblivious to uh, fine designers. But the finest designers, he ate sumptuously each day. Now, as a Jew, he wouldn't have eaten shellfish, but if you want to imagine him sitting down to lobster and, and uh, filet mignon every day, go ahead. But he, he dined sumptuously, more than enough, and almost wasteful as Jesus tells the story, because this poor beggar would, eat the, would long to have eaten the scraps that fell from his table. Well, we hear that elsewhere as the woman, the Canaanite woman, comes forward and Jesus says it's not right to take the food of the, the masters and throw it out, or the food of the children and throw it out to the dogs, but even the dogs will eat the scraps that fall from the master's table. But here this poor man is, sitting at his door. And we have another detail. It's a detail, in fact, that only in this parable and all the parables that Jesus tells do we have a particular detail like this. He gives the character a name. Again, so we need to pay attention. What does that name mean? It means God, God has helped. Well, if you look at poor, this poor man, uh, as Jesus tells the story, you might ask, well, how has God helped him? He's poor. He's so poor, he's starving at the, the, the door of somebody who's rich, who could have helped him, but this rich man doesn't see him. He's so poor that he has sores, and not only that, but sores that the dogs would come and lick. That isn't as hygienic as we might be led to believe, by the way. It's not hygienic to let dogs lick your wounds, just, just as a note, you can put that in the back of your mind. But here he is. The only one that's taking care of him is a dog's. And he dies, and he's carried by angels to the bosom of Abraham. Uh, this is a euphemism for, we might say, the pearly gates, 
at the gates of St. Peter. This is a place of heaven. He's, he's in heaven. Well, maybe God has helped. While not in this life, certainly in the afterlife, God makes all things right. And there he is, enjoying heaven. And I have to enjoy how Jesus uh, says, when the, the rich man died and he was buried, it's just terse and to the point, and from the netherworld, he cries out. And then we begin to see this man's sin. The sin isn't only that he didn't take care of the beggar. The sin isn't only that he failed and he lived this life of sumptuousness and fine, fine dining and fine dress and all these things. As we hear in our first reading, perhaps he was laying on his bed of ivory and all these things. It isn't that he failed to recognize, but the real sin is he knew Lazarus. Father Abraham, send Lazarus. Jesus, in doing so, makes the Pharisees, makes the reader realize that this rich man didn't care. Somebody he knew, and he failed to care for the person. It's so easy to dismiss the needs of, of the thousands that are around us if we don't see them, if we don't know them, if we don't ask them their needs. It's so easy to dismiss, but this rich man knew Lazarus. He knew his name. And perhaps in shame, as you know, as you, I imagine it, I can't help but think of him saying, thank God I have more than one door to leave my compound by. Lazarus is at the front door. I'm going out the back door, trying to avoid him, but knew, knowing him, knowing he was there the whole time. And now in this place of torment, he wants Lazarus to serve him. He would not even give a scrap of food from his table, and yet he expects Lazarus to come and serve him. Sin upon sin upon sin. And Abraham points out, oh, you silly man. There's a chasm between us and you. No one can pass, even if we wanted to. We might take stock to note that hell is spoken about a lot in the New Testament, and most of the time, it's by Jesus. This is not a place of purgatory, a place of purging where eventually he's going to get into heaven, because if it were, there would be a passage from across that chasm, because all those in purgatory are bound from heaven. This rich man is in hell, as Jesus tells the story. He's in hell. There's no hope for him whatsoever. You cannot go from heaven to hell or from hell to heaven. He's done. Oh, Father Abraham, then send him to my father's house. Send him. Do you notice he still wants Lazarus to be his servant? Oh, Father Abraham says, no, you silly man, don't you get it? They have Moses and the prophets. And then good Jewish speak, this is, they have what we would call the Old Testament. They have Moses and the prophets. If they read Moses and the prophets, and if they pay attention to Moses and the prophets, they will know they are called to hear the cry of the poor, that like God the Father himself, that they are called to serve the poor, to help the poor, that God has blessed them to be a blessing. And if they don't understand that, there's nothing that's going to help them. Oh, but, but if somebody comes back from the dead, Father Abraham, no. 
Not only do we have people coming back from the dead in, in the Gospels, one of them happens to be named Lazarus, of course. But we have Jesus Christ who comes back from the dead. And I find that haunting. If we don't listen to the Old Testament, how will Jesus' death and resurrection mean anything to us? If we don't pay attention to the scriptures, how, how does anything make sense? And don't we see this in our world? We think we know just enough as a world that we don't allow the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ to have any effect in our life. That we perhaps don't pay as close of attention as we should to the scriptures. On Friday of this week, we celebrate the Feast of St. Jerome. He was the one, of course, who translated the Greek and uh, Greek New Testament and the uh, Hebrew and Greek Old Testament into Latin, into, into the Vulgate. And he said, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Christ. He was that certain that if we don't know the Scriptures, we can't know Christ. And I find that, especially as I put together this, this is chapter 16, of St. Luke's Gospel with the last chapter. If you remember the last chapter, hopefully you do, on the road to Emmaus, Cleopas and his companion are walking and they're depressed, and Jesus comes up to them, hides himself from them, they don't understand. And what are you talking about? Well, we're talking about all those things that happened to Jesus, and what things? You have to love Jesus just for that. Well, the things that happened to him, how he's crucified and put to death. And now, this third, third days, and some have said that he's raised from the dead. Oh, how foolish you are. How slow to believe. And he reveals the scriptures to them. He begins to explain to them, him, them all that pertained to him. He begins to help them to understand the scriptures first. And only when they understand the scriptures, and only in the breaking of the bread, do they recognize Jesus? I find this haunting because St. Luke is not writing to Jewish people. He's writing to Gentiles. And as he does so, he's telling them, as he's telling us, pay attention. Pay attention to the scriptures. They tell us how to live. Like I already said, it's so easy for us to dismiss the needs of people that we don't know. It's so easy for us to dismiss people far away in countries that we have never visited, nor probably will never visit. Perhaps today we might pay attention to the plight of the people in Ukraine or, or whatever, but there's still people we don't know. It's so easy to dismiss them. But perhaps like this rich man, we might even dismiss those we know. We might dismiss them because we hear the scriptures, but we don't allow them to have an effect in our life. Or we hear the, the call to hear the cry of the poor, or the cry of the migrant, or all those in need, but because we ignore the people at our door, we ignore everything. Let us not be so quick. Sometimes it just means opening our door, recognizing the people around us who are in need. And the need is great if 
for honest. To be Catholic is to respond to those needs where we see them. And sometimes, if we're honest, the ones who need our help are the ones closest to us. Lazarus, this poor man named in today's gospel, reminds us that we have people that we need to care for. And perhaps we ourselves are the ones who would need to care for them.